Hello everyone. In case you didn't know, this is the month of August and we are back with another episode of the Seacoast Community Church podcast. And for the month of August, I am reviewing a book titled Glory Road, The Journeys of 10 African Americans into Reformed Christianity. So for this episode, I want to talk about two things in in particular. Uh, The first, as I normally do, is why did I choose this book uh, for the month of August? Why am I reading this book? What's got me so interested to pick up this book and read it? Well, I was interested in a book like this because I am am not uh, very, uh, I'm not familiar or knowledgeable of many African Americans who who believe in Reformed uh, theology. And believe it or not, uh, Reformed, and we're going to talk about what Reformed theology is, but uh, at least in, in America, Reformed, uh, it is rare uh, to find uh, Christians who believed in Reformed theology. It is even more rare to find African Americans who also believe in Reformed uh, theology or hold to a Reformed theology. And uh, especially because amongst uh, many African or most African-American Christians, uh, they believe that Reformed theology is is the white man's theology. But what's helpful about this book is that uh, we have in this book uh, 10 African-Americans who did not grow up uh, many of them did not grow up, grow up in a Christian home, uh, but none of them, whether whatever church context they had growing up, uh, they didn't have a, that that church did not teach Reformed theology, and so through really through the sovereignty of God, they came into knowledge and also a, a belief in Reformed theology with regards to. The Christian faith, and so for me, I, I was interested to know, you know, how many African Americans are there in the world uh, who were believed in Reformed theology, and I don't know the number t- to that, but I le- I now at least know ten of them, and and amongst the ten, I'm actually familiar with only one of them, and the other nine I have actually never heard of before, and these are all living men, and I, and this is kind of different for me because I, I I really enjoy reading biographies, but I I generally don't like reading biographies of or the stories of individuals who are currently living. I just don't um, yeah, I, I, I don't find not that their stories are not interesting, but I I enjoy more the lives of those who have already uh, lived uh, and died, <laughs> and yeah, and so I, I just, anyways, I, I could go on. I, I don't want to get into a, a a rambling or digress from the topic, but anyways, these are living men who believe in Reformed theology, and so what I want to do for the next uh, f- for the next few weeks in the month of August is uh, tell you about some of their stories about how they came to know the Lord Jesus and also how they came into uh, into reformed Christianity and I uh, and their stories uh, I I resonate with because I did not grow up 
in going to a church that re- believed in Reformed theology, and it was, I, I believe, the, through the sovereignty of God that I came to understand and believe and hold to Reformed theology. So with all this talk about Reformed theology, what what is Reformed theology? So uh, if you are listening to this, if you are a member or regular attender of Seacoast Community Church, uh, know that our church holds to Reformed theology. It is my aim to preach uh, Reformed theology on Sunday mornings. It is my aim to teach from a Reformed theological perspective. But what is Reformed theology? Reformed theology, you can summarize with a uh, with a particular acronym, and that acronym is is TULIP. Now, uh, many Christians uh, will say that uh, well, I don't like labels. Uh, I don't. Uh, I think labels tend to divide rather than unite. Uh, I don't. I just don't like putting labels on, on things. I don't like to be labeled as a certain kind of Christians. I, I can understand sort of where they're coming from, but labels are actually helpful. Um, labels can help us to know where someone stands in particular issues. In this case, labels help us to understand, well, what do you mean by Christian? What exactly do you, what beliefs do you hold to as a Christian? Because being a Christian is, I mean, that that is a very broad spectrum. You can either believe, uh, you can call yourself as a, a Christian, but be a Jehovah's Witness, or you can call yourself a Reformed, uh, you could say that you re- believe in Reformed theology. Uh, which Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe in Reformed theology. So what is Reformed theology? I mentioned the acronym uh, TULIP. And by the way, uh, Reformed theology are also often identified as Calvinists. And uh, for you, for some of you, that might be like a really bad word. Oh, I don't like Calvinists. Uh, I don't like them. I, they're they're so arrogant. They're so pointy-headed. They're, they don't like evangelism and, and all that stuff and that's just <laughs> that is just not true listen I'm, I'm going to tell you right now i i am a calvinist and i love being a calvinist and i think when you read the scriptures with an open mind and let the scriptures teach you what they need to teach you i think you cannot help but be a calvinist <laughs> um but what is reformed theology so again tulip uh, let me let me work through these uh, through this acronym with you. So TULIP, uh, the T uh, stands for total depravity. You can probably guess what that means, that we are, that all human beings are totally depraved. That does not mean that man is not capable of doing good, but total depravity means that every single part of us is corrupted by sin. There is nothing about us inside and out, heart, mind, flesh, uh, everything about us is has been corrupted by sin. That's what it means to be uh, totally depraved. That the sin nature has uh, has uh, totally permeated every single aspect of who we are. Again, it does not mean that we are not incapable of doing good. So that's what total depravity means. Uh, next is the the U in tulip, and the U stands for unconditional election. And what that means is that uh, that God chose uh, chose us before the foundation of the world. That God elects people uh, for uh, for adoption. That God elects people for salvation through Jesus Christ. That we, uh, although we are called to believe, we believe because faith is a, is a gift. We are. Uh, that those who believe in Jesus Christ ultimately uh, do so because they have been chosen 
uh, to believe in Christ. And we get that from Romans chapter 8 and other passages as well. Uh, next letter is the letter L, which stands for limited atonement. This one can be a little bit misleading um, because it almost sounds like that the atonement of Christ um, was limited in its efficacy or in power, but that's not necessarily what limited atonement means. And this is the most controversial, the most controversial of of this uh, of reformed theology. Limited atonement, uh, you could also identify it as particular atonement. And what that means is that Christ came into the world to die for his people. We see this in, in Matthew chapter 1, actually, uh, that, uh, that Jesus uh, went to the cross and died on that cross for a particular people, for a specific people. Who is the, Who are those people? It is the people whom God had chosen before the foundations of the world. So in other words, Christ did not die for every single person without exception, but he only came and died for those whom were elected, for the people who are actually his. And so, so yes, uh, and we could talk on and on about this particular, uh, this particular uh, theology. Uh, but I need to move on. So the next is the I, which stands for irresistible grace. That is that once the scales from our eyes have been removed and we see the grace of God in Jesus Christ, it, it is irresistible that we cannot help but run to it, uh, but embrace it and believe in it. And then uh, lastly is it's the letter P, so perseverance of the saints. And what that means is that those who believe in Christ, those who have been chosen by God before the foundations of the world, will endure until the very end, uh, in part because, or in large part, because God will make sure that they endure to the end. And so it doesn't mean that we don't work out our salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't mean that bearing fruit doesn't matter. But uh, that those whom those for whom Christ died are saved to the uttermost, and that God and that Jesus will not lose a single one of those who have been given to him by the Father. That's what it says in John chapter six. So it is uh, so perseverance of the saints means that Jesus will not lose any of those who are his. That those who are truly his cannot lose uh, their salvation. John MacArthur once said that if you could lose your salvation, dear believer, if you are truly a born-again Christian, if you could lose your salvation, then you would. Because that would mean that, because without perseverance of the saints, that means that your salvation and your enduring your salvation is, just, is totally dependent upon you and your works and your efforts. But if it was up to you and me to keep us ourselves saved, then we would have lost our salvation a long time ago. But perseverance of the saints means that Jesus will not lose a single one of those who are his. So that is what Reformed theology is uh, in summary. And by the way, the sovereignty of God permeates uh, is essentially the is what is the backbone of Reformed theology. Uh, so the sovereignty of God just uh, is it, it permeates through all of these specific doctrines. Um, with regards to Reformed theology. Now, some will say that they're a four-point uh, Calvinist. So many people will say that I believe in all those theologies. I, I believe in, in that acronym. 
I believe in all those doctrines with the exception of limited atonement, you know, and you, I guess you could still consider them reformed, but maybe not as reformed as those who actually hold to all five points. So that is what reformed theology is. And so this book is about how these African-American men uh, came to know and understand and hold to reformed theology. So I'll leave it there and hope that this is helpful. And if you have any questions about all of this, please feel free uh, to reach out. Uh, this can be a very, very controversial topic and a very misunderstood topic. So if you are confused or have questions, then you need to reach out uh, to me and, and talk to me. I would love to answer any questions you might have and help you to understand uh, what Reformed theology is. So I will catch you next time.